The Chris Sheeran Show, only on YesNetwork.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Chris Sheeran Show here on YesNetwork.com and broadcast around the globe on iTunes. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. You can check this out in Kuala Lumpur. All you have to do is go to iTunes and subscribe to it. Why did I bring up Kuala Lumpur? I have no idea, Doug. I wish there, <laughs> that you were segueing into a discussion about Kuala Lumpur. That would have been tremendous. I don't think that's the case, but <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, we'll do our usual suspects in this one. We have a lot to talk about, a lot to cover. And then a big announcement from Mr. Williams. So you're going to have to stay tuned for that, everybody. Uh, but let's start with uh, my our beloved New York Giants. Um, there's so much to talk about. But let me start with this. Uh, it's the last game, the last loss against Seattle out there. A, a game where they played three solid quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, everything just went awry. But here's what can't happen. As a competitor, I get the defense's frustration. I get that they've bent and not broken until the late in the third, fourth quarters all season long due to the offense's inept ability to keep the ball and keep the defense off the field. I get frustration. I do. Even in the, the, the deepest souls and hearts of competitors, it's hard not to get frustrated at any level in sports. When stuff like that happens and you are put out there time and time again uh, trying to stop these elite offenses in the process, I, I, I can't remember the last time a Giants defense gave up 350 yards rushing. That's an embarrassment. And there was a player walking off the field saying, I'm not playing anymore. That, therein lies the problem. Everybody, you know, all the talk this week, Tom Coughlin, should the Giants bring him back? Should the Giants bring him back? Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Jerry Reese a pass. I am. And here's why. Because most of the free agency brought in this year are hurt. They're done for the year, with the exception of Schwartz, who might play. And Rashad Jennings might be back. No, he is back this week, barring any setbacks. We taped this on Wednesday. So barring any setbacks, Jennings will play. Uh, at home against the 49ers, which is huge. But before I get into the running back situation, I'm just going all over the place because there's so many problems with this team. I want to get your thoughts on basically what looked like a give-up in the fourth quarter. And that directly ties to not just Tom Coughlin, but Perry Fuel as well. And I think a lot of Giant fans, and a lot of them that I talk to, hate when they cut to Perry Fuel and he's got this big grin on his face. And now I don't know if that's a nervous twitch or whatever, but you can't do that when, you're, when your club, when your team, when your defense is out there giving up 350 yards rushing. Yeah, it felt like, didn't it feel like the whole game they were bending and not breaking? And then finally at the end, yeah, that's kind of been the case. But now it's going to be really hard for them to come back and, and be relevant at the end of the season, especially the way they look now. But I agree with you. It looked like they gave up. There was that really bad-looking play where Marshawn Lynch was five yards out of the end zone. And uh, Rogers Cromartie and Bowman didn't even make an effort to tackle him. And I get that, you know, DRC has been hurt. And, but there's really no excuse. If you're on the field, you, you have to give it your all. And that's, you know, it's, it, it looked like a team that wasn't very well coached. And I happen to, I'm very romantic about the fact that uh, Coughlin and Eli have given us Giants fans so many years of relevance and, and good football. Um, Eli was terrific for most of that game. Um, and he's been really on the whole pretty good this season. Uh, but in, in terms of Tom Coughlin, I can't make excuses for him. 
I can tell you that I don't think he's necessarily the main problem. I think they don't have a lot of talent on defense, which is an issue. Personnel. Um, but uh, you can't make excuses for a team giving up in the fourth quarter. Uh, that just seems to be something that reflects directly on those players, yes. But for the most part, it reflects on Tom Coughlin. Um, and it's just funny because we keep being reminded of what it's like to be really well coached by a team that's also in New York. The New York Rangers came out last night and won 5 nothing uh, against Pittsburgh after losing a stinker to the Oilers. That's when you realize it's not only about coaching. It's about leadership in the locker room. And the Giants don't seem to have those guys that have been there for a while and can say, you know what, guys, we have to go out there and give it our all. We may not win, but we have to leave it all on the field because that's going to make a week of talking to the media so much nicer. And it can't be anybody on the offense because somebody on the defense will just tell that person to sit down, even if it's Eli Manning, because the the easy response – to someone on the offense opening their mouth is, hey, keep us off the field for a little while. Maybe we'll have a shot to win at the end of the game. I get that. And I wouldn't get upset at a defensive player saying that. But what I would get upset at a defensive player if he just threw up his hands and said, that's it, I'm not playing anymore. You're getting paid. Right. You're getting paid. Go out there and do your job or at least act like you're doing your job. And, you know, the read option that Seattle torched this team with, with Russell Wilson, the guy couldn't throw. He has shoulder issues. He couldn't throw. And and what does he do? He beats the Giants with his legs. And Carl Banks, who has been must-listen radio on Joe and Evan on WFAN the past two weeks, I mean, because he just lays everything on the table. He doesn't really care what Giants brass thinks. He just speaks the truth. And I got to tell you, in this era of networks owning uh, teams and being affiliated with teams, that's very refreshing. It is. You know, and, and you have guys like Al Leiter, who, who work for us, and David Cohn, who works for us, that if there's something wrong with a pitcher or the Yankees, they're saying it. Mm-hmm. They're saying it. It's just refreshing to have guys like that around who are going to do that. And, and, and Carl Banks' point this past week was that read option, you could fix that. In a series, he said. He says, I know a lot about defense. This is coming right from Carl Banks' mouth. He says, I know a lot about defense. You get your big chalkboard out uh, when the offense is back on the field. You might only have three plays to try to do it, but he said you could fix it in a series. Bring the chalkboard over. Okay, if the ends are pinching and going up the field, the outside backer or the cornerback who has outside contained cannot pinch with them. They have to keep outside contained. They have to shoot and stay out there to keep Russell Wilson contained and sent him back to the middle of the field. That didn't happen. The second quarter, he ran roughshod on the Giants' defense. I, I can't they, – they ran it left, and then they tried it left again, they got stopped because JPP stayed home. Then Matthias Kiwanuka, they said, all right, well, we can't run it left, or we got stopped, let's try it right. They run it right, Matthias Kiwanuka dives in. And boom, it's another 20-yard gain. And I saw a replay from the opposite end zone. And you saw what Banks was talking about perfectly illustrated on that play. Kiwanuka goes in. And then the cornerback, who is on a cornerback blitz, goes in right behind him. So there's no one on the outside. That's basic defensive principles. I'm not even a big-time technical football guy. 
I even I know that. Mm-hmm. If I'm on the field and I see my defense, the defensive end, and I know we're getting burnt on the read and, uh, the read option, I almost said read and react defense. <laughs> and if I know we're getting burnt on that read option, and I'm that corner and I'm blitzing, I might run as fast as I can, but then stop and head outside. If I see my defensive end pinching in, it just it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It, it it was bad, and you know what's funny is the the Giants really have the perfect guy to stop the read option to kind of swing and and pinch in Jaquan Williams because he's a linebacker, but he only weighs like two hundred and twenty pounds. He's a very athletic guy. That would have worked nicely. You have the personnel to stop it, but it really did seem like I agree with you, and I agree with Carl Banks that Perry Fuel did not make the necessary in game adjustments to stop that play and. They just kept running the football, Chris. You knew every time the Giants' offense was on the field, you knew, like, well, they got to score a touchdown because we can't stop the run. At the end of the day, we cannot stop the run. And um, it was painful, that game, for that reason. And it was also painful that they uh, forced two straight fumbles on a really important drive. They were about to make it, the the Seahawks, about to make it a two-possession game. They fumbled the ball twice. It was rainy and nasty in Seattle. And the Giants did not recover. Multiple opportunities. And it's just about, you know, a lot of those plays are flukes. You can't necessarily coach it. You're not going to have fumble drills and practice and waste your time with that. But it was frustrating because for a while there, it was a game the Giants could have snuck out with. Well, the play calling, in my opinion, especially on the one series after the Giants got a gift turnover uh, and they were in Seattle territory. I think they were at the Seattle 42 taking over first and 10. And they run Andre Williams right up the middle and he loses two. Why don't you run play action? And and Beckham was on fire at that point. He's a great. He he's was be a great absolutely player. on fire. Wouldn't you just? Who cares if Sherman is on? He just burnt Sherman the the series before. Run play action and go up top. Take a chance. That's better than handing the ball to Andre Williams. And that's my next point. I don't think this kid is going to be a bad back by any stretch of the imagination, but. Sooner or later, he's going to have to learn how to catch a ball out of the backfield. That's number one. Number two, everybody gives this offensive line a load of garbage. And look, have they been outstanding? No. Have they been great? No. Have they been good? Eh, they've been all right. If you watch some plays with Andre Williams, this line is opening up holes. He's just running into the pile. This kid, I don't know what it is. He's just north and south. There's no east and west. The only time he's east and west is if it's a design play or there's a hole that a Mack truck could go through and then he busts it outside. He, this is why getting Rashad Jennings back this week and hopefully he could stay healthy. Look, I know the Giants are 3-6 and six and they're not going – let's be honest. They're not going anywhere. But at least the offense, I think – with Jennings back in the lineup, will be more productive and will give the defense a better opportunity to stay rested with him. And I think Eli, having Jennings back there, knows that he has a capable guy that's going to hold the ball, even though he has that one fumble earlier this year. He's going to hold the ball. Mm -hmm. Uh, He can catch the ball out of the backfield, and he can move the pile. The Giants need that. You know, when it's third and three or third and four, that's the other thing. they got to (sighs) keep... McAdoo with these with these play calls and and running on first and second it didn't work on first down I know you're trying to establish the run and then Doug what drives me absolutely insane as you could tell from my voice right now first and ten shotgun inside handoff what are we doing 
What are we doing? I mean, gee, you're going to miss this, by the way. I, I totally agree. You are I, definitely. I, I totally agree, this. by the way, with the Andre Williams thing. He just seems as if he'd be a better kick returner because given space, all he does is run into the crowd. He doesn't seem to have a second agenda. And maybe that's because he's young. He doesn't have that, okay, I'm, I know that I'm supposed to go up this hole, but I'm going to cut back and see if I can find another lane. He doesn't do that. And a lot of people are old school about it and say, well, their offensive line is no good. Well, do you remember when Rashad Jennings ran for almost 200 yards earlier in the season? Yeah. The offensive line was the same. Exactly. So, and and uh, back to a previous point, you, you were saying that you know the Giants get that luck turnover. They're in Seattle's um, – in Seattle's, uh, They're at the 42-43 yeah, yard line. line, somewhere around there. They, I totally agree with you. Go deep because as we're seeing, as we're seeing in this league, Chris, at the very least, if you throw it up, chances are it'll be an incompletion. But with the defensive holding calls, you're 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 asking the defense to commit a penalty. Mm-hmm. And and Odell Beckham is emerging as a star. He's been burning Richard Sherman all day. And they were on their heels. Seattle was on their heels. Yeah. Beckham was torching these guys. And you run Williams. Up the gut, Rashad Jennings. I've been saying it. I've been saying it Ugh. all season. When he got hurt, everybody talked. Well, the offensive line's terrible anyway. No, Rashad Jennings is a guy who can make other things happen when the holes are plugged up. And he's going to show you that against the 49ers this week if he's healthy. If he's healthy, I mean, you know, he is going to play, but we'll see. But wh- I want everybody to watch, please, the way I've been watching, because no one's breaking this down. I sit there and I watch and I see these holes develop, and this kid just goes right up the rear ends of his offensive lineman and into a big. Just mass of humanity at, at the line of scrimmage. You have to, you know, make those east-west moves. I, I understand you might be a north-south back, but it's time to use the whole compass, my friend. <laughs> and the biggest Jerry Reese uh, thing right now is he's going to use the Odell Beckham pick as kind of his re- look. But, but that's not the only pick he's made that that's been. I mean, look at most of his picks are playing. They are, as opposed to. The team that wears green and shares MetLife. And, and, Prince, and John Idzik. Prince has been terrific. He, he right. had a freak injury. That was another great pick. And the by biceps. Him. That was another great pick. You know, he got out to a slow start. And look at all the injuries the Giants have had this year. You know, this, this offensive line, and maybe it's just me, and Ross Tucker would probably call me out for saying this, my, my former uh, co-worker here, yes, um, and now he's a big star with the NFL Network. He has his own podcast. He's a big star now. Everybody that works with me is a big star, including the one sitting next to me. He's, hey, he's going to be You soon. said I had a big announcement. You're slowly just giving it away. Well, I don't, I'm not going to say what it is. But everybody who – if you want to make it in this business, just come work with me for like four <laughs> or five months. I get, I'm like Buck Showalter. I stay the same and everybody goes off and makes millions and wins championships. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, we'll get to Doug in a second, and he's going to tell you everything about that. But Ross would probably call me out on this. But when I'm drafting offensive linemen, if I were a general manager, now look, these smaller conferences, I'm not saying that they don't have good offensive linemen, but if I'm looking for an offensive lineman, I'm looking at power conferences. I'm looking at big type. I'm not looking at Syracuse, okay? I'm not looking at a team that, that played against Big East, against UConn. Okay, I'm not looking against the team that played against Rutgers at the time. And it's no – don't take this the wrong way, former Big East teams. <laughs> um, Cincinnati, Louisville, 
it's not the same as LSU, as Alabama, as Mississippi State this year. That's where I would be looking to build my offensive line back up. Notre Dame, perfect example. Again, I'll bring it up. I don't care. I'm a broken record. Zach Martin. I saw Zach Martin against the Arizona Cardinals. He was five yards faster than the Cowboys' backup running back, and I can't think of his name. I apologize. It wasn't DeMarco Murray. It was Joseph Randall. It might have been Randall, 25. They ran a screen to Randall. Is it Julius? Ju- uh, Julius Randall? Uh, whatever. Let, let's not – let's agree to disagree, as Ron Burgundy said. And, and we both apologize for not coming up with – I think it's Joseph Randall. Uh, but they, they throw this screen, and all you see is Randall. And then all of a sudden, you see number 70 streak in front of him. Five yards ahead of him, and he just destroyed one of the Cardinals' cornerbacks. And then he kept going and kept blocking. The other team that just a screen, a middle screen that went for 56 yards and a touchdown Monday night, or was it Sunday night, Packers? It was Sunday Sunday night. night. Eddie Lacy catches the ball, maybe a five yard toss from Aaron Rodgers. That was a great play. And all, if you want. High school coaches, college coaches, hell, even Pop Warner coaches, Mighty Mites, whatever. If you want to show your kids how to run a screen pass and how your team should be down the field, that should be repeated in film rooms everywhere. Because the first wave of green jerseys you see is every single Packers offensive lineman ahead of Lacey. And then once he busts through that, the next layer of green jerseys are the backs and receivers, and they continue to pave the way for him. I'm surprised Rodgers wasn't running down the field throwing blocks. That was the quintessential screenplay run by the Packers. But I'm getting off topic here. I'm getting off topic. Let me go all the way back to the beginning. Tom Coughlin. We'll end the Giants with this, and I'll get your thoughts too. But Coughlin, you can't bring this guy back for another year. Mike Francesa wants to bring him back for four years if they do anything. Now you're talking about a guy being 73 years old coaching the Giants. Now, look, I'm not saying Coughlin can't do it. I'm not an ingrate. I I know what he and Eli have done. But they changed the offense with McAdoo. I I don't know if you hand the reins to him because the play calling – and I don't know if the play calling is because of what the offense – Offensive line limits him to what Williams was limiting him to. You know, they don't have an Eddie Lacy. They don't have a Jordy Nelson and a Randall Cobb. They don't have those players. We thought we did. I don't know where the hell Randall, uh, Ruben Randall has been. He's a ghost. He's, he's, it's not like he's even on the field. Tom Coughlin, I thank you for what you've done, but I truly believe the Giants have to go in another direction. They do. I think you keep Jerry Reese because I think some of the moves he has made throughout the years have been good ones. Have they all been home runs? No. Case in point, James Brewer, another one that Carl Banks brought up. My my new favorite uh, acronym, ERW. Carl Banks called these guys eat, ride, and warm up. 
They don't even wear uniforms. They have the best gym memberships in the country. Carl Banks. He was a fourth-round pick as a lineman. I think he's been on the team for three or four years. He doesn't even compete for the starting job. Banks said there's too many of these guys on this team. And he also used the, the word, um, when you go to college, uh, scholarship players. They know they're on the team. They know they're under contract. But football, unlike any, you could cut anybody. You can cut anybody to send a message. The Giants don't do that. Mm-hmm. They could, but they don't. And he said there's too many of these ERWs on the team. And the culture has to change. And I think you saw a little bit of that culture on Sunday in Seattle when some of these guys just gave up. Yeah. And you have to, we have to move on from the Super Bowls. And I'm talking to myself and I'm talking to Giants fans. You know, you, you thank Tom Coffin for what he's done. I happen to really like him. I think but he does a great job. But they're not even making the playoffs, right. Doug. Three straight years it will be that they're missing the postseason. And four out of five. Yeah. So you, you, you can't. Think about it. Most of the players that brought us to the Super Bowl are gone. Um, and, and it's time for, especially if you're going to fire Perry Fuel, which I, I would guess they that do. That has to happen, too. McAdoo's a new offensive coordinator. Bring in a new coach and, and, and see how, how life changes. Because I think you can get a big-name coach to take this job. And I think it could do the Giants some good. Um, so I agree with you. I, I think I, the only one you have to retain is McAdoo because you cannot – unless you go back to the offense that Eli knew before this – Fine, but you can't bring in another guy with another philosophy. You know, you can't have Eli running three different offenses right. in three different years right. and learning all the different. You have to keep McAdoo. And I, I think that um, you know, I happen to live in the same town in New Jersey uh, as the Snee family, and I, I'm sure Chris is enjoying himself out on the beach in, in Bayhead, New Jersey. <laughs> and I think Tom should join him. They have both had great service as New York Giants for years. Um, but it's time to, uh, you know, hang out with the grandkids, enjoy the grandkids, relax, eat dinner at the delicious Teresa's South and, and have a good time. I just don't think it's him. I don't, I don't either. I mean, he's just a competitor. He just, he just, he wants to be there. And I respect that. I respect him. We've talked about this earlier in the season, how much I respect Tom Coughlin, but there just comes a time where, you know, coaches say it all the time. You get hired to get fired and, and. Unfortunately, that's what's going to have to happen in order for the Giants to move forward. Retain McAdoo, clean house otherwise. Let the players know they're on notice. Maybe cut a couple guys. Maybe send a message to other guys in the locker room. Oh, damn. I better stop eating and start working out and trying to compete to make this, you know, do something. Because Banks' thing was, you know, if you don't start on offense, you don't start on defense, the least you can do is have an impact on special teams. Because that's where the team really needs help, too. Yeah. And these guys, they don't even dress. That's the problem. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know what else there is to say. Uh, how, about, how about, by the way, just a quick yeah. point. Um, Preston Parker, terrible week last week. Had a really good week if you're looking against for bright Seattle. spots yeah. against Seattle. He played really well. I, you know, it's amazing a, when you hold on to the ball, isn't he's it? He's a practice squad guy who's made something of it. So, Whatever happened to Kevin Ogletree, by the way? They picked him up. And the he, Giants do this all the time. I don't even think he's made the field. They pick guys up who who I think could make a difference. Kevin Ogletree is a pretty talented player. He's still young. And he just doesn't appear on the field. It's like, didn't come on, he, just at least give him a shot. like 10 catches at 150 yards against the Giants yes. as a Cowboy? He's a talented guy. I don't know. Anyway, let's move on. No big segue announcement there, but um, 
you know, you got the jets with the planes overhead, the the billboards with the fire idzik and everything else. Bunch of people with too much time on their hands and, and too much money, apparently. Um, and they're starting websites. And uh, listen, Jet fans, I get your frustration. Doug and I aren't even Jet fans, and if you listen to this podcast and you have religiously, y- you've heard us <laughs> ad nauseum get so upset about the Jets and they're not even our team uh, that you should know. Uh, how much we care, even though we don't really care. <laughs> um, but, you know, this is the NFL. You know, you, I, I want to know, not worldwide, but maybe across the country, how many, how many players out there in knockout pools took the Steelers on Sunday? Lots. They saved the Steelers just for this reason. They saw the Jets. They started licking their chops. Oh, I'm surviving for another week, baby. But this is the league. And, you know, Michael Vick didn't have an otherworldly game, but he did what he needed to do. I think he threw for 180, and he ran for 39. And when the Steelers coughed it up, Vick and the offense made them pay. They had that 17 nothing lead at the end of the first quarter. Um, now, listen. If there are any Jet fans out there, and you correct me if I'm wrong, who think that they should have made this switch earlier and the season would have been different, stop. I I don't think it would have been any different. I really don't. I mean, Michael Vick is not your answer. Geno Smith might not be your answer either. I don't know who your answer is. Jameis Winston would be really fun. (laughs) It would. You have to admit it. If, if, If we talk a year from now... And Jameis Winston is a Jet. The conversations are going to be fantastic. <laughs> Think about it. Hide your crab, hide your crab legs. Yeah, hide your crab legs. Um, the works with that kid. And uh, keep all microphones away from him while he's walking across the quad. <laughs> there are but, no quads in New York except Central Park. <laughs> he can get up on that big rock at Central Park and scream that phrase if he wants to. Play a little Frisbee. Scream the phrase. Um, no, but I, I, they're 2-8. and eight. Positive. They ended their eight-game losing streak. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, there's. You could hear it in my voice. I mean, what do you want me to talk about with the New York Jets? What do you want me to say? It's just funny because it's classic Jets. They win. Giants lose and and have no effort in Seattle. And the first topic people are talking about was. Should Vic have started earlier? That's it's what like, I'm talking about. Jets fans can't, like, they're not even allowed to enjoy a victory in life. They have to look back and think, did we screw ourselves out of more victories? It's All just right. it's a sad thing. Here's an idea that I was thinking of after, after the debacle on Sunday for the Giants and the, and the Jets win. The season ends. You know, your wild card starts the next week. Uh, you have a, you have the wild card, you have the divisional, you have the championship, then you have the bye week, and that's traditionally where you would send your players to the Pro Bowl. Um, here's the thing. How about because if you ask me, with the records they have, and they have five wins between the two of them, I think the Jets and Giants players should bypass Hawaii. I mean, really, if Doug and I. You know, if we put this into Yes Network terms, if we didn't produce, would our boss be sending us on an all-expenses-paid trip to Hawaii? (laughs) I think not, ladies and gentlemen. I think it would be a one-way trip onto the street with a box thrown at our heads. 
So why don't we do this? Instead of the Pro Bowl, Jets and Giants fans, we give our team, both of our teams, the three weeks of playoffs to lick our wounds and get a little healthy. And then we have the MetLife Bowl. <laughs> the weekend before the Super Bowl. The Stink Bowl. Yeah, well, listen. You, you give... You know, you put uh, all the Jets and Giants season ticket holders into a big bowl. You pick them out. Those people win. They get to go. Half Jets, half Giants. Uh, you have the MetLife blimp with Snoopy up there. MetLife Stadium. That, that's a win, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, come on. How, how much? And just think if they they both end this season with maybe five or six wins. Wish, wishful thinking. But both six and ten teams... And they battle for the city. I think this should happen whenever they both miss the playoffs. This is a must. It's like a college bowl game. You get three weeks off and then the MetLife Bowl. You imagine Doug, how thoughts? much beer would be consumed? Exactly. Hello, Maras. Yeah. Hello, Tish. <laughs> the amount Hello, of Woody Johnson. that those two just depressed fan bases would consume. Uh, let's not forget the fights. Oh, the fights, too. Yeah. Not you only might as well stadium. just bring boxing gloves. Yeah, not only in the stadium, but in the parking lot. So maybe he doesn't sound like a good that idea. idea. Yeah, well, whatever. Um, real quick on the Nets before we get to Doug's big announcement. Um, I, I've been doing a lot of these games early on in the season. Uh, it was nice to actually see Joe Johnson get a little salty. After a win. After a win, uh, calling out some of his teammates, who remain unnamed, uh, for being too selfish down the stretch. Uh, Rod Boone, our buddy from BK Connect from Newsday, brought up the question. He said to Joe, you know, with a team like this and with all the experience and talent you have, don't you think you should have played a little bit better and won this game a little bit more easier? And to that, Joe Johnson said, well, if guys weren't playing so selfish down the stretch, it would have been a lot easier for us. So... Who knows what that meant? The next day at practice, everybody was laughing. Everything was hunky-dory. But I like it. I like a little fire out of Joe Johnson. I mean, he, somebody has to do it. Somebody has to stand up there and, and call people out when they don't. You know Kevin Garnett's going to do it. You know Joe Johnson now will do it. But people have to start stepping up in that locker room and being leaders. They do. This team does have talent. They do have the talent to be a four seed in the East. I truly believe that. I do. They could win the Atlantic. Why can't they win the Atlantic? They can definitely win the Atlantic. They, they beat Toronto in the playoffs last year. It was a seven-game series. It was epic. But I think they could beat out Toronto f- for that Atlantic division and, and be a four seed. Why not the Nets? And you host the first round in Brooklyn, and away you go. But I, I just think, obviously, the health of Darren Williams, who looks unbelievable so far, uh, back to his all, old all-star Utah Jazz self with two repaired ankles, and he's quick, and he's taking more shots, and he's getting his legs into those shots. You could definitely tell a difference between Darren Williams this year and Darren Williams last year. He gets all of his body behind the shots this year, and he's shooting at a higher percentage. He's, he's averaging more points, averaging more assists, and obviously the health of Brook Lopez. Now, he's been outplayed big time by a couple of younger centers. Uh, and he was benched for most of the fourth quarter against the Magic in favor of Kevin Garnett and his defense. And Lionel Holland's another guy who's going to hold guys accountable. I just think, I'm not saying championship, but I think the stars can align for this Nets team to have another extended playoff run. Yeah, I, I gained a lot of respect for Joe Johnson. I mean, because it was real. 
And a lot of times I have a problem with Kevin Garnett because I think a lot of his the, uh, his theatrical, theatrical yeah, yeah. stuff is for the cameras. If there if it were a pickup game, he wouldn't be slamming his head into the hoop before every game. But Joe Johnson came out after a win, which shows he really cares. He knows that the final result was a victory, but I think we can be better. I think we can be less selfish. Um, I really like that. As a fan, you should really enjoy that too because it, it shows that he has the best interest of the team in mind. It's not about him or or the record at the, at the beginning of the season. He knows that. He knows that in the long run you're going to need to play your best basketball. So I liked it. I, I think the Brooklyn Nets so far, you've seen a lot of good things, and I love Lionel Hollins. I think he's going to get them in the right direction. Yeah, and uh, the Knicks really quick, just personnel. Uh, that's what it is. Knicks fans, including yours truly. Uh, sorry, Nets fans, but that's the way I grew up. Um but it, it, it's it, we've heard Darren Williams say it. We've heard LeBron James say it. We've heard Carmelo Anthony say it. The big time buzzword in the NBA this year. Can you guess what it is? Process. Mm-hmm. It's a process. So Nick fans just have to be patient. And as Aaron Rodgers said, R E L A X. Relax. Yep. You have to. Right now, the offense, instead of being the triangle, is lost in the Bermuda Triangle. I mean, this team just it looks like it's completely lost. Against the Cavaliers, when they ran it, they, I think they ran it pretty well. But, uh, again, you know, it all goes back to personnel. And if J.R. Smith is your second option, you're going to have issues. You know, Shane Larkin is your starting point guard. Everybody's saying you have to wait for Calderon. Now, look, I don't think Calderon is the second coming, but he's an NBA point guard. He's he's not Shane Larkin, and no disrespect to Shane Larkin, I just think he's in an impossible spot right now. And it didn't help when uh, Prigioni went down too with the ankle. So things are not going well for the Knicks right now. But as Phil Jackson said when he took over the job, you know, I'm not going to walk in here and magically this is not going to be a championship team. It's going to take time. So Knicks fans just relax, stay patient. Uh, stay true to your team, and uh, I- I'm pretty positive that in the future when the Knicks are able to bring in a couple more pieces to the puzzle and up the personnel ante, you're going to start to like the results of the triangle offense and Derek Fisher and Phil Jackson. Yeah, and Sam Downbear is no Tyson Chandler, and Shane yeah. Larkin isn't Ray Felton. You can say what you want about those two guys, and, and I think they're better off having made those deals. But right now, their starting five isn't as good as it was last year. Right. And, uh, you know, it, 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 this is this is the way it's going to be. I mean, barring an unbelievable shooting night when they hit like 17 threes, you're not going to see a lot of miraculous wins out of this team. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm going to give the floor to my buddy here, uh, and I'm going to let him tell you what I've been teasing you with the entire time during the podcast. So Doug, Doug Williams and his big announcement starts right now. Well, I'm uh, I'm uh, departing the Yes Network. That's, no, that's the uh, the big announcement. I've uh, been offered a job at um, the Enemy SNY. Well, it's not the Enemy, but uh, I guess uh, your competition. I would say. I um, guess. SNY offered me an anchor and reporter job um, for uh, their on-air network, and um, it was just a. I was really humbled and and incredibly excited by their offer, and I have taken it and. Um, so starting next week, uh, I will leave. Yes. And, um, head over there and it'll, it'll be a great experience for me. Um, I don't want to talk about myself too much, but, um, I think it'll be able to give me a lot of experience on camera, a lot of exposure and and a, a way to kind of, um, be able to, 
I guess just show what I'm capable of on camera and, and I just want to get the reps. And so yes, has been just an absolutely fantastic experience. It was the first, my first job out of college and, um, it's what allowed me to, uh, get the job at SNY. It was my reel that got me the job. And, uh, Chris, I mean, I, a lot of what I've done has been thanks to you. The podcast Stop. has been such a, um, awesome tool and, uh, an awesome way to get my voice out there. And, um, so, you know, even the days where you've allowed me to back you up doing highlights for the K show that, that really helped me, um, get the job. So, yeah, again, I'm thrilled. I'm sorry to our loyal listeners. I, I don't know what the next step will be for the podcast here. I guess that's out of my hands. It's more in, in Christopher's hands over here. But, uh, yeah, it's been great. I've enjoyed every second of it. And that's the uh, that's the big announcement. Well, it might be, yes, man, it's the Chris Sheen Show. <laughs> yeah. Yes, man, welcome yeah. to the Chris Sheen yeah, Show. So it might be a little combo with me and Mr. DiPietro when he comes back. But uh, we haven't really decided anything um, in concrete yet, but uh, just on a personal note, before I let Doug do his final thought, and he will have the only final thought. By the way, I don't, no, I don't have final oh, thought. Don't. This is old. This is these oh, are that's old. old. Oh, all right. So we don't have. So my final thought is for Mr. Williams. Let's do it that way, and then you don't have to worry about it. Uh, but I'll let you say whatever you want afterwards, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Um, you know, I've been in this business, I guess, now for. 18 years, since 1996. Not doing the on-air stuff, but around television. And, you know, for the most part in TV, if I had to put a percentage on it, I would say you meet 95% of the people you meet are are genuinely good people. They are. There are some jackasses, let's just say it. There are, um, who will remain nameless, but 95% of the people you meet uh, are good. And and one of those people that I met was the guy who was sitting next to me, his dad, uh, Brian Williams. Of course, you know, NBC Nightly News. Uh, and this is when he was working at MSNBC, the news with Brian Williams, uh, before he took over for Tom Brokaw. And Brian Williams is one of those genuinely good people. Here was a guy and he wasn't the only one, but I bring it up because Doug is sitting right here and I want him to know this. But he was a guy that, you know, he, he was on the fast track. Let, let's be honest. Everybody who watched him knew he had uh, the bones to do this and, and to, to be where he is today. And to know that about him and have him treat you as an equal, it's guys like that. It's women like that who have treated me like that my entire career in television. Now, look, I would have done that anyway, but seeing it reinforced by people that were that big and did it at that time to a production assistant, me, and Brian Williams was Brian Williams. He just helped shape me in my television career. He's just one of the many people. I can you know, give you a list, but he's just one. So... For Doug to have this opportunity, um, I told him in my office, and, and it was exactly the way I felt. It was like my little brother walked in the room and gave me the news. I couldn't be more happy for you. I Thank you. really and truly couldn't be more happy for you. This is an unbelievable opportunity to be at SNY and to be doing what Doug is going to be doing. Um, 
Yeah, it's the Mets. Who cares? It's baseball. It's also the Jets. It's also the Rangers, Islanders. Every New York team is covered by SNY. So Doug is going to be used, and I think he's going to be used a lot. But I just want you to know, and I want all of our listeners to know, how much you're going to be missed, um, how much you're going to enjoy yourself over there, and how much our loss is definitely their gain. You come from good stock, my friend. (laughs) You are good people, and I wish you nothing but the best. Well, thank you so much, Chris. That's very kind. And uh, I didn't write that either. That was off the top of my head. So anybody out there who thinks I can't ad-lib, you're wrong. That's nice work. Really nice work. And, and one of the things is you came up at a time where you were a PA and you were working with my dad. And it's similar being his son um, very early on in his, in his time at his job currently with the NBC Nightly News. Um, I, I've gone in to work with him. And – Every single security guard, he knows their name. He, you know, he would greet them before they even say anything. And that was kind of the main thing that I learned, and I'm, I'm really grateful for that. And the thing is, with, with me, the, the, I'm working with the people here. You know, I'm working – I'm starting out. I was a PA when I first accepted a job at Yes. And you know, I'm working with you. I'm working with uh, Michael Kay. I'm working with Woody Fryman and John Filipelli and and all sorts of Bob Lorenz Jack and Jack Curry. Curry. All these people around me who are role models to look up to, and they all instill that same thing in you. In, in that, you respect anyone in the business because you know that at the end of the day, your goal is to be a professional in sports broadcasting, sports journalism. You want to make the Yes Network the best it can be. And so everything that I've learned from you is the same thing. Work hard, uh, treat people with respect, walk in every day with a smile on your face. It's the same kind of things that you learn from, from anybody who's successful in this business. And so I've had the privilege of, of working with you and everybody else in, here in Stanford um, at the Yes Network and just absolutely thrilled um, to have had such a good time here and such a good opportunity. And I really like what I pride myself on is I whittled my way in here. You know, I, they did not have a full position for me. I was, my salary was being split between two departments. I, I put my feet everywhere. I wanted, uh, you know, maybe, uh, I should get a podcast going. I should start doing some videos. You know what? You, you, you made your own way. And Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but that's exactly what I did. You, you have to do it. No one's going to do it for you. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you this right now. The other reason you deserve this, unlike anybody else, um, is the work that you put in. I've seen him. He's the first one here. He's especially during baseball. He's the last one to leave. He's at the stadium uh, whenever he can be there. He's doing podcasts, like he said. He's shooting videos. He's doing stuff in studio. It's not like Doug just walked in here and said, "Okay, I'm going to sit here and everything is going to come to me." You, you, you know, people. And this is, you know, for for kids out there who are getting into college and they listen to the podcast. This is a perfect example sitting right next to me of what hard work does. And me too. You know, it's you can't expect to just graduate, have somebody chase after you and say, "Oh yeah, please come work for us." Get your foot in the door, and once you get in the, your foot in the door, get it stuck. And the way you do that is you start inventing ways to keep yourself busy, just like Doug said. And he's moving on. And to me, I mean, I don't know what your plans are in your head, but I think this is just another stepping stone. So uh, again. Congratulations. I, I'm the only reason I'm sorry 
<laughs> is that we can't do this anymore because mm-hmm. Joe and I had such a chemistry together, Oriema, who was here before you, and you and I, you know, the first couple, we worked it out, but then, you know, it's another chemistry. And now, you know, everybody leaves. <laughs> like I said, you know, everybody leaves. And then I got to get, it's like, I'm getting a new offensive coordinator <laughs> every two years. <laughs> I developed that chemistry. <laughs> we're, we're firing McAdoo. Well, we're not firing you, but um, you're, you're off to bigger and better things. And I couldn't be more happy and more proud. Yeah. And I would say to go along with your point and then we'll finish up. Mm-hmm. Um, Two examples between you and I of people that um, have built up me for a shorter period of time, you over the you know 18 years that you talked about, um, you build up talent. And I, there's something to be said about the kids that come out of college that are these polished on-air people that want to do the – you know feel like they're ready to go in right away. But there's something to be said about just working hard and getting experience in every little avenue. Get a PA job and, and, and edit – shoot and go in front of the camera do a little bit of everything um and i'm no finished product i you know i hope to succeed at sny and further Mm -hmm. on down the road but um that experience at yes that i've gotten i i can't value it more um so again two examples of people that just kind of did a little bit of everything chris i know you were a pa producer you were you know behind camera and now you're in front of it so do everything you can and, um, you know, work hard, and, and that's how think good things happen. Yeah. And I'm going to miss this podcast and doing this with you very much. I hope so. I hope you had as much fun as I did, and I'm being completely sincere here. I mean, there's a lot of phony balonies in this business too, but uh, this was fun. You know, it gave me uh, a platform every week to vent, have Doug sit here and laugh at me. You know, it was It's fun. It's fun. And Doug was kind of the calming voice uh, um, sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes. But – I'm going to miss it. Um, it. We move on. What, what, what can we do? Well, you know what? When we find out when, when he embeds himself with the other network, uh, which will remain nameless. <laughs> well, we already said it. But when he, when he embeds himself over there and maybe who knows if, if, if he starts reporting on the Mets and, and we need a Mets spot. Guess who's coming on the podcast? Yeah. Doug Williams. I'd be happy to. Uh, if you're allowed, that is. I don't know if, I don't know if you could cross – um, yeah, who knows? Crossover. But, but that would be my first pick, would be to have Doug on to talk a little baseball or hockey for that matter. But uh, for the last time, sad to say it, but for the last time, for Doug Williams, I am Chris Sheeran, and this has been the Chris Sheeran Show. It won't be the same moving forward, but it'll still be fun. I promise. We'll miss Doug. Take care, everybody. Bye, everybody. <laughs>